Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. can be a scary time when you get the uh, phone call from your doctor that your test came back indicating that you have gestational diabetes. However, there are many things that you can do to control your diabetes and still have a healthy, happy pregnancy. I'm Dr. Franco Cochea, and today we're talking about how to manage your blood sugars when you have been diagnosed with gestational diabetes. This is Peggy Pals, episode 100. Um, is that a plus sign? Pink or blue? Hospital or home birth? What type of food should I be eating? I think I just peed myself. I'm pregnant, and I have to exercise? What pregnancy glow? Wait, was that a contraction? <laughs> Gotta make these pants fit. I've got kinkles. What do you mean there's more than one? You've got the symptoms, and now you've got the support you need for a happy nine months. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Preggy Pals is your weekly online on-the-go support group for expecting parents and those hoping to become pregnant. I'm your host, Annie Laird, and it's episode 100 today. Woohoo! As my oldest daughter would say, pop the roof. I don't know what that means. (laughs) <laughs> like raise the roof. Raise the bit? roof. Pop. Yeah, I guess pop the roof. Yeah, <laughs> pop the roof. Woohoo! Episode 100. So, if you haven't joined our Preggy Pals Club, then you're missing out on exclusive bonus interviews after each show, transcripts, and also special giveaways and discounts. See our website, www.preggypals.com, for more information. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Preggy Pals app, and that's available both in the Android and the iTunes Marketplace. And you can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter. Now our producer, Samantha, is going to tell us more about the Virtual Panelist Program. Thanks, Annie. If you do not live in San Diego, but you'd like to be a panelist on our show, you can still participate through our Virtual Panelist Program. Simply like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter using hashtag PreggyPalsVP. We'll post questions throughout the week prior to our taping, and we'd love for you to comment so we can incorporate your thoughts into our episode. You can also submit your questions directly to our experts. Learn more about our Virtual Panelist Program through the community section on our website. Thanks, Samantha. Well, let's go around the table here, uh, introduce ourselves and the panelists that we have in the studio today. I'm Annie. I'm 35, uh, government uh, uh, government contractor during the day, panelist. Rock star, rock yeah. star host and producer by Exactly. Weekend. Yeah, by weekend. That's what I do. And and <laughs> early in the morning, I was on the Fox show for the, yeah. the mocktails, uh, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, so I have three kids, three little girls, uh, crazy busy all the time, uh, but we have a great time. So you want me? Yeah. All right. I'm Sunny. I am um, actually the owner of New Mommy Media, which produces this show, as well as Parent Savers, The Boob Group, and Twin Talks. Um, I am a mommy of four kids, and uh, my oldest is about three and a half years old. My middle guy is about to enter his terrible twos. He's flirting around with the terribleness right now. <laughs> and then I have um, identical twin girls who are um, about five months old. I said this is the first time they're not in the studio I since know, they were born. Crazy, I know. Crazy. It's 
it's so quiet in yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually much much less stressed when they're not around. Yeah, well, I do miss them. Though, yeah, but, you know, yeah. It, when they were first born, it's I think it's a lot easier because they're yeah. so sleepy. Yeah. but they were starting to definitely get into their oh we're awake uh-huh. and and where's mama? And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. So. There's milk around here somewhere. <laughs> to be lactating females around here, right. anyways. So, Erin, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Erin. I am 36. I have to think about that. I just had a birthday. Happy um, birthday. Thank you so much. I am a nurse, and I had my little man uh, September 2nd on Labor Day. I think he was playing a joke on me. That's like, awesome. I'm going to make my mom labor on Labor Day. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, he is our first, and as far as the type of birth we had, awesome midwife birth hospital setting. It was cool. fabulous. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, today on Preggy Pals, we are going to be looking over an app. Uh, this is free, uh, as most of them are that we do our app reviews on the iTunes Marketplace, and it's called Baby Countdown. Uh, and that's uh, that's pretty much. I'm looking at it right now on my phone. That's pretty much what it is. So you can go on here. You can do a count up or a count down. So you can, I guess you can do a count up if you want to set the date to whatever your baby baby's first birthday is, or if you want to do a count down to D day to delivery day of your baby, you can right. do that as well. So it's very cute. There's a little baby. Uh, baby cake and then some baby shoes on top and says until my bundle of joy comes 20 and I, I put in here a, a client of mine I'm a labor doula I didn't I guess I forgot to mention that and uh, <laughs> so this this gives me uh, 24 days one hour 31 minutes and 20 seconds until my client goes into labor that's maybe. actually that, that might be helpful for you actually, yeah <laughs> to maybe that kind of yeah stuff. so I mean I guess that's you know I guess that's helpful of going okay when when's my next when's my next client due but I guess the downside of it is you know, unless you're getting induced, you're having, you know, a C-section right. on a certain day. Right. Who knows what, I mean, heck, Sunny. Yeah. Well, you didn't know when your twins were coming. No. You thought you were going, you're like, I'm no. going to 37 weeks. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. That, that, that app wouldn't have really helped me too much. Although, you know, I will say the more kids that you have, the more the dates all become confusing and, you know, how many weeks pregnant am I and all this kind of stuff. So yeah. th- this is a really simple, simple app. I mean, I, I actually didn't set it up, but I'm assuming what, it just asked you for your due date in the beginning and that was it. And then up. Up came a clock. Yeah, yeah. You could put in here. Uh, let me go here to the settings here. So I can put in a date and time. So I put in, I mean, I put in a certain time, but who knows? I mean, you know, like like I said, yeah. who knows when baby is coming? Oh, yeah. Now, you could do that for, uh, you know, when my ber- when my child's next birthday is coming. Right. Which with right. more children, you kind of lose track. I mean, I lost track of my toddler the other day. She <laughs> the store. So she walks out of the store and a security guard, how embarrassing is this? So I'm shopping. I tell the oldest, watch her. And she's watching Frozen, which, of course, oh, yeah, turns yeah. her into, like, a school-age zombie, I guess, yeah, kind of. Yeah. And a security guard comes in with my toddler, and it's like, whose baby is this? <laughs> <laughs> Mom and me right here. I'm like, that's my baby. She's, she's like, she was playing in the alley. Oh, oh my, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, that little off topic there. That's nothing to do with the app, but... <laughs> But I mean, the point is, you lose track of stuff, including yeah. your children, yeah. when you have multiple children. So, so I mean, so it's nice because sure. it's just a single screen pops yeah. up, countdown, count up, whatever you want. So I, I guess if you know, if, and it's if free. You forget that kind, of, it is free. It's free. Can you change the background <laughs> at all and look like it had like a little baby cake or something? Yeah, like yeah. Background. Let me see. Oh, the, oh, here phrases: until my bundle of joys comes, until my baby is born, until my sweetie pry arrives. Ah. So those are those are all phrases that can be on the screen, yeah. right? And then you can update to premium, but then they type your own phrases. 
multiple countdowns. But but it really is just about the countdown. I know a lot of yeah. these apps have like kit counters and, and contraction timers and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it really is about the countdown yeah. for this. Yeah. Aaron, what, what do you think about it? You just saw it. Yeah, I think it's uh, really simple. And the only thing is if it's showing a piece of cake. And our discussion today is on digital. diabetes. It may not be the best if you are if you have gestational diabetes. That's yeah. why I said, can you change the background at all? Well, I'm trying. I, I don't know. I, I'm, oh, here we go. Photos. Aw, baby feet. Okay, so you can do multiple things. Aw, okay. that's so cute. So some minor modifications mm-hmm. just to kind of tailor it to your style. Yeah. But it's all about the countdown. I mean, you know, if that's all you want from it and you just know you just go, you know, go to this one place on your phone and you can find it instantaneously, mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with that. And it's free. I, I don't think you can really go wrong yeah. if it's free. So I would recommend it. I, I give it a thumbs up. Sure, I give it a thumbs up too. What about you, Erin? Yeah, easy. All right, three thumbs up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today we're talking about gestational diabetes and some practical things you can do to keep your blood sugar at the right level. Joining us today as our expert is Dr. Goyka Chea. That's excellent. Okay. <laughs> All right, great. In addition to caring for his patients at Sharp Grossmont Hospital, he has previously served as the hospital's OBGYN department chairman. Dr. Goyka Chea, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Now, let's to start off with what is gestational diabetes and what makes it different from traditional diabetes? Well, um, a woman who is pregnant, who has never had diabetes, and who has very high levels of uh, sugar or glucose Mm -hmm. uh, during the pregnancy, that would be considered somebody diagnosed with uh, gestational diabetes. Okay. So you could be totally not have diabetes before the pregnancy and then be diagnosed with diabetes. I I take it that once the pregnancy ends, that it goes away generally? You're correct. If you don't have diabetes before mm-hmm. with pregnancy and you have it during the pregnancy itself, that's the gestational diabetes. Okay. When the pregnancy ends, unfortunately, um, there's a 20% risk of the women with uh, gestational diabetes may end up having uh, uh, diabetes later on. Oh, wow. So it's later on in life? In or life. Is it so, But it could go away right after you have the baby, right? Correct. Yeah. Right. Okay. But, you could but there are a high risk for 20%. Having it, so it's important that they follow afterwards with uh, uh, evaluations to make sure the sugar is not continue going up. Oh wow! And be treated properly then. Yeah. So, what causes the increased blood sugar uh, in the first place? We don't know exactly. We, we do get some clues. Uh, we think that um, the placenta produces a lot of uh, hormones and products that make the baby grow. Mm-hmm. These same compounds can actually affect or cause uh, insulin resistance on the mother, meaning that. These products cause the insulin in the mother not to be as effective. And uh, for the mother to have the same um, um, metabolism of the sugar in their body, she needs, we need sometimes about three more uh, times as much insulin as she would already uh, require. Mm-hmm. So because you cannot produce so much, that's why your levels go up high. Oh, okay. Now, what are the kind of symptoms that you would have uh, of gestational diabetes if it got out of control? Actually, at the beginning, you don't have any, mm-hmm. and that's why we 
diagnose or uh, rather screen everybody in the pregnancy. Okay. There is no uh, um, symptoms uh, in people who have uh, adults who have uh, onset diabetes uh, require insulin. We know that they have uh, uh, very become very thirsty. They, they are uh, go to the bathroom very frequently because of the high sugars in the urine. But they usually you do not see that uh, early in uh, pregnancy. Yeah, I was to say, wow, go into the bathroom pretty frequently. I mean, that's every pregnant every pregnant woman who have diabetes based on that. So that's why I say that's not uh, that's not why. Yeah. <laughs> now, Aaron, you said that uh, you got tested for it, and I, I know that during my pregnancies, uh, I always got tested for it, like the 28 weeks, you know, where you drink the kind of the orange crush soda, and some women love it, and some women think it's really disgusting, and then you get your blood drawn. Um, but you said you had uh, testing done earlier for yeah, it, so, so what did you have done? I was tested, and they did the hemoglobin A1C, which essentially measures kind of how your blood sugar levels have been over a period of about three months, am I correct? That's correct, yeah. And so that was slightly elevated. It mm-hmm. put me in this category called pre-diabetic. No, how pregnant were you when you had that uh, done? This was my first trimester screening oh, and wow. lab work. Okay. Yeah, so really early The on. one where they have like 20 vials of blood all lined yes. up and like, are you afraid of needles? Well, I am now. Exactly. So just during that one was when... Um, my level came back slightly elevated mm-hmm. and they said you have gestational diabetes. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. So and then you basically had to just so, do what did you have to have take insulin or something like that? No, or? so from that they then sent you to the educational class mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's probably other moms that have gone through this exact same thing where you go and you meet with a diabetes educator, they tell you about diet and diet modification, they talk about how you um, you do the blood sugar testing after each meal and the time frames and the reporting back to the clinic as far as how you're doing on your blood sugars. So I went through all of that education and started testing my blood sugars and found out that after each meal when I tested, they were absolutely fine. They were within the normal limit every time that I tested. Mm-hmm. So. Um, from that, this is my experience, from that I went back and I was like, oh, my blood sugars are within normal limits. Do I need to continue doing this? And they're like, no, we'll retest you again when you come in for your um, glucose tolerance test, the orange soda. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, doctor, what um, kind of, how does gestational diabetes, how would that affect a woman's baby uh, if she was diagnosed with that? Well, if you diagnose it with it and uh, on time and you treat it mm-hmm. properly, you can most likely end up with a um, normal baby. That's a good part about it if you diagnose it early, and mm-hmm. that's why we encourage all the women to be uh, be screened for that. By normal and baby, do you mean like their blood sugar is within normal limits? Or, correct. Or size? Size, mm. uh, not having had any uh, problems uh, later on when they are born because if the baby is born with a... Uh, on a mother whose diabetes is poorly controlled, they tend to be very big. They mm-hmm. tend to be uh, problems with their own sugar, their own calcium. Mm. So they have a lot of problems. But the good news about it is that if you diagnose on time and they are uh, treated it properly, then most women would have a uh, s- relatively normal pregnancy, normal delivery, and yeah. a nice baby. Yeah. And I know that was something when I had my first baby, my mother was like, well, they must have missed a diagnose, you know, misdiagnosed you. You, you had gestational diabetes. My, my first baby was 10 pounds, 4 ounces. Um, but then again, my husband's a big guy, and I'm not exactly petite either. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm rather tall. 
Um, so I kind of wonder if that had m- probably more to do with it than my mother just. Well, yeah, and you know, all your babies have been bigger babies too. They so, have. I, I just don't have six pound. Yeah, yeah, I just don't have six pound peanuts. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh wow. So and Sunny, you said yeah. you were dying. Which of your yeah. pregnancies did you have? Uh, Number two. Um, okay. My first. You know, um, I I pass with flying colors on everything. Never thought you know I was ever going to have an issue with it. But my baby was over nine pounds when he was born, and so for baby number two, um, you know, right at my first appointment, my first prenatal appointment, they told me I needed to get some blood work to see just because the first baby was bigger. And that came back fine. Um, And then when I went for whatever, the 28, 24 week, um, then I had one of my levels where it was a little high. So then I had to come back for the three hour. Um, And that was questionable. Like it didn't confirm me as gestational diabetes, but they basically said, we need to modify your diet and we're going to test you again, you know, in four or five weeks. So when they came back and I had to do that three hour test again, um, then another level was high. And they had forewarned me, listen, most people were, you know, two of their levels are high. Next time we test, it's three and you're probably going to be classified with having gestational diabetes during this pregnancy. Um, So eventually I was and I did have to go to all the classes and do all that kind of stuff. But really, I wasn't I wasn't classified as having gestational diabetes until I was 34 weeks pregnant and I delivered at 38. So I really didn't have that much experience, you know, time to really, um, I mean, I, I did have to change my diet and I had to test my my sugars. I, mm-hmm. I didn't have to, you know, have anything, you know, beyond that. And But what I thought was really crazy is that my next pregnancy was twins. And I thought for sure, You'd have oh, it. there's no way that I I'm not going to have gestational yeah, diabetes. I remember you talking about that in the studio, like, yeah. oh, well, I'm coming up for the test. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 Because I think um, at I mean, once weeks, you got over the whole total shock of having twins. You totally. Know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> After... Um, whatever that is in your first trimester, you know, when you're doing your screening stuff, right. um, that came back a little bit high and I thought, oh no, you know, I felt mm-hmm. like I got away with it I remember pretty that. much for, you know, baby number two, but I thought, oh no, this whole pregnancy is going to be gestational diabetes and they caught it early. So I'm going to be miserable this whole pregnancy. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, so I, I, you know, I did the necessary testing and had to do a three hour again and, um, but then it came back fine. So mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes they kind of scare you into thinking that if you have it once, you're going to have it with all your kids. Um, and um, that wasn't the case with me. Yeah. Well, doctor, in your experience, does uh, if a woman has a pregnancy and it is gestational diabetes for any subsequent pregnancies, is their risk higher that they're going to have it the next time? It is higher, but this doesn't necessarily mean, uh, as you're saying, that you're going to have it. Mm-hmm. I, I think the fact that you already have had it before, what that does is triggers for you to be tested in the first visit. Mm-hmm. So instead of having the one or we call a test around 22 weeks, we make you go through that and everybody dislikes that, especially in the first trimester you had all the nausea to hit the one hour we call a test. Yeah. But it, it is because of that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have it, but you are at a high risk uh, of having it. Oh, okay. When we come back, we'll talk about how to control your gestational diabetes. Welcome back. Today, we're talking about controlling your blood sugar when you've been diagnosed with gestational diabetes. Doctor, no, we were talking a little bit in the break here about, has there been like a change of what the tolerance is as far as what level um, 
as far as blood sugar that triggers a diagnosis of gestational diabetes. It sure seems like, and you were mentioning this, Sunny, mm-hmm. that over the years, from like my first pregnancy to now, I hear that diagnose. It's kind of like with breastfeeding, like tongue tie, tongue tie. Yeah. I, I hear tongue tie all a, a the time now, right? with breastfeeding, and kind of with pregnancy, I hear gestational, gestational diabetes, diabetes a lot more than I did a decade ago uh, with my firstborn. Uh, has there been uh, a change in that, doctor? Yeah, there, there seemed to be a change. Uh, several years ago, the um, breakpoint for that, so to speak, was 100, like 135 uh, milligrams of sugar when you do the. Uh, one I would call a test, so it's coming down to 130. So it's mostly coming down. The thought behind behind that is that uh, it was felt that by using the uh, higher levels that you're missing some uh, patients who may have had diabetes, uh, gestational diabetes, that is. Uh, it's not 100% um, uh, embraced by everybody because some people think, well, if you make it so low, they're going to be over-diagnosing, and, which is not as good. But uh, in most uh, uh, cases now, in most uh, laboratories, 130, depending on the lab, to 135 still seems to be the um, um, uh, baseline study, I mean, baseline level for triggering a year through our Rucola test. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, as far as possibly being overdiagnosed, I feel like I kind of fell into that category. Mm-hmm. And I think what comes with that and that we haven't really addressed is the psychological impact of it, of the fear related to having, you know, going and having gestational diabetes or um, it's, in, I feel like it was very impressed on me that if your diabetes isn't under control, you could have fetal demise. If you're not doing mm. your kick counts, oh, you can wow. have fetal demise. Like, I feel like that came up quite it's a bit scary. in my education yeah. and it was a bit scary. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering too, like, does that happen to other women and then how are they dealing with that you know and they're monitoring their sugars and they're all fine mm-hmm. you know it can be scary but i think uh, it's up to us to present that also in a uh, non-threatening uh, way <laughs> that can yeah. be also embraced by the moms because it's already as stressful as it is i agree yeah well how is it treated I mean, is insulin uh, a normal thing that is uh, moms are put on insulin or is it all having to do with control of diet and exercise mm-hmm. I think that most of the uh, uh, gestational diabetes, um, um, say the first time or even second time, they, they can be di- uh, treated by diet and, uh, and exercise. Mm, okay. A few, um, I don't know, maybe I would say that about uh, 40% or, or 50 maybe put on uh, oral uh, medication like uh, gliburide, mm-hmm. which is the most common uh, use. Uh, and a small percentage, 2 3 percent perhaps may require uh, insulin. So the number required insulin is uh, relatively small. Oh, okay. Now, Aaron, what did you uh, do as far as you talked about testing your blood sugar that it wasn't something that needed to be done in a clinic or anything? You just do that right yeah, at home. Yeah, so you so. do it at home. Yeah. They set you up with the little kits and the meter. They tell you how to do your finger stick. Um, you do it in the morning. You do it, I think it was like 30 minutes after you ate your meal. Yeah. Um, and you always use the same spot on your finger? Or? No. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> uh, rotate through yeah. all your different fingers and back and forth in different little areas. And yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you get used to it and it gets pretty easy and Mm -hmm. you get used to writing down everything that you eat. And they have apps too for that. And I actually used an app because that was much more convenient for me to write down my levels. And then, and then it even created like little graphs and comparison stuff. So when I went to my OB, you know, Mm -hmm. and shared that information, because obviously my dad has diabetes, obviously it's not gestational in nature, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but, but uh, yeah, he, uh, you know, and, and God bless my mom, you know, I think that's, 
um, that really has worked uh, as far as having your partner on board with controlling the diet. You know, it really has to be that if somebody has diabetes, you can't just have, okay, well, here's the person on the no fun diabetes diet. Right. And then everyone else gets to eat ice cream. You know, I mean, (laughs) that that, that doesn't work real well, but he uses an app as well. So I think it was really eye opening to me. Like I said, I I really didn't have it for that long. At least I wasn't officially classified with it for more than five weeks, six weeks, maybe. Um, But I still had to go through everything. And um, I don't know when I'm when I'm pregnant, I I like to eat what I want to eat. And and for someone to tell me that that not only can you not do that, but you can't even eat what, you know, you, you were normally eating, you know, before you got pregnant and were so hungry. Um, so just stuff like not having regular peanut butter and having to substitute something with less sugar. I'm like, I didn't even know there was a lot of sugar in peanut butter, mm-hmm. you know, and, and really, really paying attention to what you were eating, um, I think was the most difficult thing because, like I said, I just wanted to eat everything. And then the finger pricking um, isn't something that I would like to do for an entire pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the most fun thing to do. But but I, I think if we keep in mind that, it, you know, granted, there are people that afterwards that this could turn into something else. But if, if you keep, you know, in mind that for most people, this is just gestational. It's just when you're pregnant and, and you it's kind of like breastfeeding. It's like, OK, can I get through the next month? Yes. OK, can I get through oh, the next sister, I'm months? like the next day on breastfeeding. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, you know, but, but I just think day by day. That, yeah, that, I think that's how you have to look at it because mm-hmm. I don't think it's a fun thing. I don't think anyone would say, oh, yeah, it was great. Gestational diabetes. I'm stoked. I got diagnosed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the lucky one. Yeah. But it's for your it's for your child. Yeah. So it's a good reason, obviously. It's for your for your baby. So and and doctor, like you were saying, you know, it's a good time to say, hey, this is uh, a good time to watch what you're eating, you know, establish an exercise routine. And speaking of exercise routine, what is something that you would recommend to a mom that has a diagnosis of gestational babies? Obviously, they're not going to go and run a marathon. uh, But what what kind of exercises would you recommend for them to help control that blood sugar? Well, I I recommend exercise for all pregnant women Mm -hmm. to start with, Uh, especially uh, we we encourage especially uh, women who are uh, diabetic. Um, with stational diabetes, uh, even doing something like 30 minutes uh, uh, aerobic exercise, walking, swimming, um, bicycling is very, very important. Not just because that because the, the exercise itself increases your insulin levels, efficacy of insulin, so it drops your uh, your glucose. There is there's less need for the, uh, medication. But also, uh, if you do a lot of exercise, there is some evidence that you make some endorphin outpouring that makes you feel good. And I also encourage them to do that because the more exercise you do, you're going to be better fit when the baby comes. Mm-hmm. And so those, th- and emotionally, I think the woman who is more physically active, I think that they also are uh, much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron, what type of exercise did you do with uh, when you were pregnant with your little guy? Um, I think I read in Ina May, it was something like, I walked every day and the baby like almost fell out. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I'm going for it. Yeah. So I walked a lot, um, which was really nice. And just being outside is awesome. A lot of yoga. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of yoga. That was great. Those are my two big ones. And then swimming because it was over the summer. Well, it's nice. The, the things that you're mentioning, and, and Doctor, you mentioned this as well, they all seem to be very uh, low-impact type of things. So you, you're already carrying so much more weight. Yes, especially for the aerobics. Swimming is mm-hmm. great. You have a great buoyancy. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you do swimming <laughs> a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> now, as far as uh, diet changes, 
you know, I hear my mom talking a lot about carbohydrates. Um, what's the deal with carbohydrates? Is the idea to bring your carbohydrates down or is it that carbohydrates have more sugars in them? Or, I mean, do you have to like plan your meals around a lower carbohydrate type of level? Or what What do women have to do when they have that? I think it has to do more with the type of carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. There are things like uh, refined sugars, carbohydrates, sweets, candies, cookies, syrups, all those things are have a... Uh, With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Carbohydrates are pretty much uh, sugar. Mm-hmm. You have other things like pasta, dry beans. They have carbohydrates that are uh, not very uh, high in the sugar content, but they're very nutritious. That's a big difference. Oh, okay. So you really want. So you want like the the carb the complex carbohydrates. Right. Yeah. You don't want all those simple refined, and even uh, we don't want uh, moms who have this problem, or even without the diabetes, to be drinking a lot of juices. Juices have a somewhat pure sugar. Yeah or in, eating any uh, canned uh, fruits, so like syrupy, or even sometimes women come to me in the office and I say, gee, what happened with the weight? I'm eating healthy, I'm eating a lot of fruits. Uh. What are you eating? Oranges, and, and I say, God, they have a lot of sugar. Yeah. So we don't think about, we just think about healthy, like fruits is healthy, mm-hmm. but being healthy doesn't no mean you eat a lot, like, like the oranges have a lot of uh, sugar. Mm-hmm. So you have to be modify that. That makes a lot of sense now. I mean, because my midwife in my last pregnancy, we knew the baby was a little bit bigger, but, uh, you know, I chose to go in for the diabetes test. I wasn't diabetic. I just make large children. But she was saying the same thing with my diet. She was like, don't eat so much fruit. You know, take it easy on the fruit, Dan, you know. So uh, focusing a lot more on leafy green vegetables and lean proteins and um, you know, maybe not so much dairy, but I'm from I'm from the dairy states. So <laughs> I like my cheese. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Goykochea, for joining us today. For more information about our expert and our panelists, visit the episode page on our website. This conversation continues for members of our Preggy Pals Club. After the show, Dr. Koi Kochea is going to share with us how a diagnosis of gestational diabetes may affect the birth of your baby and what your OB's biggest concern with the diagnosis of gestational diabetes is. To join our club, visit our website, www.preggypals.com. everyone. It's Sunny. Um, I have not shared my birth story of my twins yet, so I thought I would do so in a segment we like to call Five Minute Birth Stories. So before I get started, if you guys have a birth story that you're just dying to share with our audience, we would love to hear it. Call our voicemail at 619-866-4775. It's just a voicemail. No one's going to pick up the phone, so don't be freaked out by that. Just leave your story in five minutes or less, and we'll play it back on our show. So for my story with the twins, 
means it was pretty crazy because I had in my head all along that I was going to make it to full term for uh, twins, for for, uh, my type of twin. And that usually only goes to about 38 weeks. They don't let you go much past that because my twins were sharing the same placenta and uh, can become kind of dangerous after that point. But I really wanted to make it, you know, right up to the 38-week mark. And uh, I thought if I just put it in my head, it was going to happen. It was going to happen. And everything was going really well with the pregnancy. I I didn't have gestational diabetes. Woohoo! And I was just kind of swimming along. And um, then on the morning of November 11th, <laughs> I'm taking a shower in the morning and I get out of the shower. This is kind of gross. I'm like, oh, oh boy. Because, you know, either I'm peeing myself, which it didn't feel like I had to pee. Um, and I certainly didn't think it was the water from the shower or um, my water uh, just broke. Now, I had two waters, keep in mind, because of the twins. They were um, sharing the same placenta, but in two separate sacks. So, uh, yeah, my body's just kind of leaking this fluid. I'm going, what's going on? Because, you know, with my, with my two boys, um, they had to break my water. Well, my second boy was a C-section, so that's a whole other thing. But with my first, they had to break my water. So my ne- my water is never broken naturally. You know, it's not like you see in the movies where, you know, it just come, kind of comes gushing out. And so I'm sitting there going, should I tell my husband? Because it was, it was Veterans Day, which was good because my husband had the day off. So he's downstairs cooking breakfast for our, our kids. And... Um, I, you know, I, I didn't know what to say to him. So I walked down. And I just had this look on my face. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I think one of my waters just broke. And he just gave me that look like because we had not planned what we were going to do. What, you know, and again, in my head, I was I was going to make it to 38 weeks. So my parents were coming into town and, you know, in a couple weeks, but nothing was nothing was ready to go at that time. And so um, I ended up calling labor and triage and kind of explained to them my symptoms and what was going on. And they said, well, if you think your water broke, we absolutely have to see you. So on my way to the hospital, I started to feel contractions. And I thought, oh, this is it. I knew it was. And so um, we were able to drop off my older children, my, my two older sons at uh, our friend's house. And then we went straight to the hospital. And sure enough, you know, they checked me, you know, I'm like two or three centimeters dilated. And, and mind you, this was a planned cesarean. So I was at least thinking, you know, I wasn't going to go into labor with this. And I'm like, man, I'm going to have a C-section and I'm in labor. Man, this totally sucks. <laughs> so because with my second son, I just had a C-section. That was it. I never went into labor. And so I'm a big wuss when it comes to pain. But uh, probably for the next two hours, they were admitting me and doing vitals and getting the, you know, the OR prepped and all this kind of stuff. And I'm in a lot of pain and they didn't give me anything because, you know, I was going to go um and get my spinal once I was in there. And so fast forward, and uh, my husband joined me in the OR. Everything went well with the spinal. And um, the girls were actually born the same minute. Can you believe that? Like, they don't even have their own minute that they were born. Um, But the girls came out great. Um, Baby A was 5 pounds, 5 ounces, and uh, baby B was 5 pounds, 8 ounces. And so another thing I had hoped is that they would get to 6 pounds. But they were still very healthy. They never had to go to the NICU. They were breathing great. And we were able to go home, you know, in about four days. So that's my five-minute birth story. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Preggy Pals. 
Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Parent Savers, for parents with newborns, infants, and toddlers, Twin Talks, for parents of multiples, and The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies. Next week, we're going to be continuing our series on fetal development, moving into the second trimester. What exactly is going on with your baby during months four through six of your pregnancy? This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of new mommy media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.